welcome to Resi Talk, where real estate sales instructors have unfiltered conversations about real estate with industry leaders and inspiring people. On this episode, we're interviewing Nancy Clock-Corey, Regional Vice President for Coldwell Banker Florida's Southeast Region and proud daughter of Joe Clock, the original real estate sales instructor. If you are loving what you're hearing, as we know you will, make sure you visit resitalkpodcast.com and sign up for more information. Hello, friends. Welcome to Resi Talk. I'm your host, Cassandra Gallego, and I am sharing the podcast stage with my fabulous co-hosts, Pam Victorez and Laura Gilmore. Today, we have Nancy Clock Corey joining us, and if you listened to last week's episode, you've already heard how inspirational this woman is. You're going to get your very own Nancy Clock Corey pep talk today. And that's a big deal because her pep talks are no ordinary pep talk. She has managed and still plays a huge role in leading the country's most successful real estate team. So clearly, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree here. Her father, Joe Clock, paved the way for us as real estate sales instructors and has left his legacy in the most amazing hands. Nancy, welcome. Welcome, Nancy. Oh, Kathy, thank you so much. And thank you so much for mentioning my dad. That's that's so important. My father was such an icon in this industry. And people probably don't realize how much they actually owe him because he was paving the way back in, in as he would say, the dinosaur era. But so many things that we all rely on today and we think of as second nature actually started with him. He was a big original thinker. You know, he was the original dean of Coldwell Banker University. I don't know whether he invented Coldwell Banker University or whether that was someone in the company, but he was the first dean of Coldwell Banker University. That was his title. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Nice for me to get a shout out from my dad. That's cool. Very cool. Not only has he given so much to our agents, but he's gotten us employed. So thank you. (laughs) Well, there you go. Nothing like continued employment, job security. Job security. (laughs) All good. Well, we're going to get to know you a little bit more personally today. And we're going to start with a little game that Pam's going to share with you all. Pam, you want to take it from here? Sure. First of all, welcome, Nancy. I'm so excited to have you. So I want everybody else to get to know you a little more personally with our this or that questions, five points to the star. So just give us your rapid fire response. Are you a person that likes the phone call or the text? Both. <laughs> Love both. <laughs> Why did I, is that not surprising? <laughs> nice get them both to work together. That's even better. <laughs> There you go, one after the other. Are you a work late or a get to work early kind of person? Okay, so now you're gonna think I'm really obnoxious, I'm both. I'm one of those early morning people that wakes up as soon as I get up, it's probably because I had five kids, I am up and moving, my husband, my poor husband, right? But then late at night, I get a second wind. And so you can see me late at night too. So, you know, unfortunately, if you work with me, you're going to get those early morning and late at night correspondence. (laughs) I can attest to that. I think we were emailing at 11 o'clock the other night. So I totally get that. All right. So are you, are you someone who would prefer money or free time? Both. (laughs) Can I have them both? I'll take the money and boy, I could use the free time. So you're you're giving me options. I love them all. I'll take them both. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick something that you possibly can't say both to. So are you a Mac or are you a PC? Definitely PC. There we go. There you go. Okay, you can't pick both on the next one either because I'm dying to know the answer to this. Yeah, this is true. Speed or accuracy? 
you know, probably speed, um, because I think that I, I, I will have to say early in my career, I was so much of a perfectionist that I learned that perfect really is not necessarily the way to go because you never achieve perfection. So spending your time trying to be perfect isn't even reasonable. So you're much better off to get some, something done. And I'm about execution. Just get it done. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I got to tell you, Duff Rubin, I don't know if he still has this in his email signature, but way back yes, when he does. it said, done is better than perfect. And now I share that with everyone because I struggle with that whole perfectionism yeah. problem. It is. <laughs> I think we all start off that way. You know, it's sort of that, you know, A type personality is probably more of a, it could be more of a, a female type of thing because we want things perfect. We have perfect little babies and perfect little rooms and everything is all set up. And so we kind of come into our world with those very high standards, but then you realize, you know what, so what if there's a shoe on the, the bed, under the bed, and, and whether or not there's a couple of dirty clothes next to the hamper, the world just is not going to come to an end. But I think it's that, that those types of things actually hold you back. And a husband that snores. I'm just going to throw oh, that out there. <laughs> that adds a little music to the night. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask you, are you a vacation or a staycation? I think I'm a vacation. My, you know what? I have so much fun with my spouse that I don't care where I am. So Aww. my home life is always happy and always fun. And we're okay just hanging out. The only thing is, is he's like a polar bear. So I have to have a blanket on me. But as long as we're home, we're good. But then we have a lot of fun going places. And I don't really care where it is. I'll go anywhere. It's just an adventure. It's fine with me. Last question. Are you an audio book or a traditional book reader? traditional. I will read on um, an iPad or my phone. I have a Kindle. I'll read anywhere, anytime. But if I, if it's an audio book, my mind drifts and the creative side of me goes. And before you know it, I'm off on a tangent. So the audios don't work as well for me. Except, except I will tell you Mark Middleton's podcast that you guys did last week, totally hooked. Yeah. You know, didn't come off of that one, didn't drift. I mean, that was so exciting and it just kept moving, but like a book or something like that, I'll drift. So, okay, speaking of books, you know, uh, the I am the Florida Book Club girl. So I got to ask, Nancy, what's your favorite book, industry-related book? What's your favorite book that you say, wow, that really made a difference? Um, the one recently that made a difference was the 12-week year. Yes. Because I think so often we come into January and we think we got a whole year. But when you have a 12-week year and you know that your year is over in 12 weeks and you can take it in small time blocks, I felt that that was one of the most impactful books. And another book that I thought was great is Mind Management versus Time Management is another great book because we're all talking about managing time, which when you think about it, isn't realistic. So for example, you would say to an agent, I remember Floyd Wickman years ago said, get up, get to the office by nine o'clock in the morning, pick up the phone and call till you get an appointment. We paid $800 for the course. And I can tell you that that one phrase was worth $800 for me. But then you get the person that isn't going to be able to get up, doesn't want to get to the office by nine o'clock. They need their coffee. They need their run. They want to go to the gym. And the whole concept between mind management versus time management is when's your best time. Everybody is different. So, you know, as a sales associate, you would say to yourself, well, listen, I got to get in. I got to make the calls. But if it doesn't do it for you, whereas maybe noon is better for you or four o'clock is better for you or six. Don't let somebody tell you when your best time is because when your best time is, that's when you should be productive. Oh, that's great. Or if you listen to Mark, he's doing it three times a day, one hour at a time. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right, just breaking yeah, it up. He's getting it done. I'm so glad that I have you recorded saying that 
Because my husband is a morning, like, get up at 4.30 in the morning person. And sometimes. That's obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) Unacceptable. He's wonderful. He's going to hear this, Nancy. Help me out here. (laughs) But I'm a a night person. And so I do my best work. I, I don't know if it's, especially after I had my son, once he's down and I know that the rest of the evening is mine and there won't be any interruptions. I can stay up. And so sometimes we butt heads when it comes to that. Cause he's like, why can't you just wake up early and be productive in the morning? I'm like, cause I'm not the same as you. <laughs> Everybody's got productive. Well, times. It's true. And you know what they do. And you know what, Lori, you're right. Because there's a certain rhythm. Like um, my husband, it's funny that we're talking about our spouses here, but he goes to bed the same time every night, gets up at the same time. I don't understand that at all. Right. You know, that doesn't even make sense for me because there are, and I think it changes over time because there were times in my life that my best time was two o'clock in the morning because the kids were in bed. It was quiet. It was my time. Nobody disturbed me. You know, not even the birds were singing because that's distracting. You know, the birds. <laughs> ADD. <are singing. laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think that changes over time, but you have to find your spot for creativity. You have to find your time for connection. And what I love about the business now is like, if you're a two o'clock in the morning person, do your social media. Who cares? You know, you can't pick up the phone and call somebody, but you could craft letters together. You could do your emails. You could do your social media posting. You could do your planning and marketing. So the key to this is what's your best time? Not what's best time according to the rest of the universe. What's your best time? That's awesome. Awesome. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't prospect at two in the morning. Uh, I'm just gonna throw that out. <laughs> yeah, the text messaging. Yeah, that could be a little bit you of a problem. You can call me. You can call me. So I'll we totally know who's answer. awake. <laughs> um, so my first question for you, Nancy, is, and it's along the lines of what we're talking about here. But what's something everyone in our industry should stop doing? Everybody should stop doing probably using prime time for the wrong activities, right? So when you're in the high energy phase of of your day, um, wasting it on something that that doesn't really move the business where it needs to be, because there's so much busy work in our business, but there's a time and place for busy work. And that's off prime time, what I would call. So before nine o'clock in the morning and after, say, seven o'clock at night, that's when you can do your off prime time activities, whether it's follow up, emails, whatever it is that you're doing. But when I see somebody in the middle of the day engaged in activities that don't include interacting with the customers, just like you're saying, Pam, you can't call somebody at two o'clock in the morning. So you should be doing that during the day and when you're at the high energy mode. And then maybe after lunch, if you're a little quieter, then do your showing then, right? Make sure that you always have a listing appointment. I always say, look at your calendar for the next three weeks. And if you don't have a listing appointment, your business is in need of that attention right now. So I'm not saying your business in trouble, but maybe it is just a little bit. So what should you do? Just focus on getting those appointments because the appointments lead to listings. Right. In, in a lot of our classes, we talk about something called the 100 days effect. And on average, from the time you generate a lead to the time it closes, that doesn't include the lead gen time, Mm -hmm. but from the time it's generated to the time it closes, it's on average 100 days. So if you're so focused on getting that one transaction to the closing table that you forget to prospect. Right. It's one paycheck and that's it. So what, yes. what is it? Three and a half closings a year. That, that's, that's not going to feed my family. <laughs> no, it's not. And you know, what's interesting about that, Cassie, since you mentioned my dad, my father used to say that you could change 
yourself in 100 days because all you have to do is 1% a day for 100 days and you will have completely changed, you know, whatever you want to do or whatever you want to be um, in 100 days. So it's a, it's 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 an easy concept and you're absolutely right. I think in our business, we operate an eight-week cycle. So I think everything you do today, you'll reap the benefits from eight weeks. So if you're making a lot of calls today and trying to get appointments, they start coming in in eight weeks. The challenge with that, of course, is that if you stop doing it on day five, eight weeks from day five, you're dry, right? So everything is that planting, planting, planting to be able to get the future results. And, you know, for as long as I've been in the business, you're going after FISBOs and you're very consistent about it. It'll start reaping the rewards in eight weeks. Expires. Whatever you're doing, we operate on eight week cycles. Not sure why. I used to say in class, because we're in Florida, of course, it's hurricane season. You have to be a lead generator. So I'm going to throw that. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's the title of our business. If somebody said, what's the definition of a realtor? It's a lead generator. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. That's our business. That's what we do. That's right. I, I remember my very first manager ever um, gave me a green highlighter. And I always now carry a green highlighter because green is the color of money. 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 But I'll never forget this. This has stayed with me forever. She gave me that green highlighter. and She said, I want you to highlight the things on that list that you have there in front of you that actually make you money. And I was embarrassed. I couldn't highlight a single thing. Because you know what, working on my Facebook doesn't necessarily make me money. Making sure my website's pretty doesn't make me money. And so she completely turned my world upside down with a green highlighter. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. I think you got to make sure that you're doing the things that are productive, not just right. things that make you feel busy. Yeah, I call those activities closest to the money. And you have to stop yourself multiple times a day and say, am I doing an activity that's leading towards the results you want? Is it leading towards money? I mean, obviously that's why we're in business. We're fortunate that our business also really helps people. We're just so lucky to be able to be engaged in a business that is so personal and makes such a difference in people's lives. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're doing it in order to take care of our families and support ourselves. So staying focused during the day is what I'm doing right now an activity leading to money. If not, stop doing it. Just stop. I love that. That's awesome. Agree. So my next question for you is you have been a guest speaker in probably most of our uh, classes between Pam, myself, when I was in that uh, region. And I know Mark was a real estate sales instructor in that region. And he shared such wonderful things about you last week. Um, but one thing that we know that you share a whole lot about is a little poem called The Habit. Oh, I'm a habit person. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that poem? Uh, let me tell you something. It's, when it's, it's my favorite poem, and I actually got that from my dad, speaking of my father once again. But I'm a believer that we're sort of a sum total of all the habits that we have. Sometimes I'll get in front of a group and I'll say, you are exactly where you choose to be because we all make choices with how, how we choose to use our time. So even though it may be uncomfortable, you are where you chose to be and you made a series of choices to get there. Well, the way the human brain operates is that we're just a series of habits. We don't have to think about brushing our teeth. We don't have to think about going in there, reaching for the coffee, no, we don't. my favorite standing in front of the refrigerator, you know, habits, <laughs> things that you have, some of them are good or, and some of them are not. 
And if, if a realtor would look, like if our sales associate would look at the habits of what they do during the day and see whether those habits are actually leading them in the direction that they want to go in because they are simply habits. And it doesn't take long to create a habit. And it's just a question of whether that habit is good for you or that habit is not good for you, but you've got them. You've got hundreds of them. And changing the habits is like turning the Titanic. I mean, you really have to make an effort and you have to continue to repeat it. But more importantly, you got to get that focus in your head that that's what you want. That's right. The habits will help you over time. In the beginning, it's very difficult to establish them. And strangely enough, your brain is wired for habits. Mm -hmm. It is. It, it wants to. But <laughs> your brain is wired for a habit that's good for you just as soon as it is a habit that's not so good for you. And once you recognize that, then, then you can attempt to impact them. But once again, it's still a choice. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. It's difficult to understand that, but we all choose exactly what we want to do. Sometimes we may question our choices. For example, if I was going to get up tomorrow morning and I said to you, listen, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to walk, right? So I go to bed and I say, I want to, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to walk. Well, your brain will listen to your instructions unless you have a counter conversation in your head, which is I'm going to walk if it doesn't rain or I'm going to walk if it doesn't. Then your brain's like, okay, I'm not really confused. You really want to walk or don't you want to walk? It sounds like you don't want to walk. So we're not going to walk. But if you tell yourself, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and the first thing I'm going to do is put on my sneakers, put on my pants and my, my shirt, and I am going for a walk. You don't really control that. Your brain wakes up and it says, today and right now, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Or it's Thursday, the garbage has to go out. It's like, that's not a life-changing event. Well, it is for your brain because your brain is like, until you take that trash out, we're not doing anything else because that's what we're supposed to do. It's Thursday, we're taking out the trash. But the same thing is true of your business, right? So if you said to yourself, listen, no matter what I'm going to prospect, I'm going to do it one hour a day, your brain's going to itch until you do it because that's what we're supposed to be doing right at that time. So when you realize how powerful your brain is and how powerful those things are ingrained in your system, you realize how you could really turn those things around to work for you. And they can, they can work for you because you will do exactly what you tell yourself to do. I, I needed to hear that. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, I'm writing down as fast as I possibly can over here. So I appreciate Nancy. Like those are words for everyone right? They really are like control your own destiny, decide what you're going to do and get it done. I always used to say to my kids, you decide if you're happy or sad. It's a decision, not a mood. You decide. So it's the same thing with our business. Make a decision. If you're successful, then be successful. Say you're going to do it. So how do you, Nancy, like in throughout your career, how do you keep reeducating yourself and sort of helping yourself to grow within your industry? I will read anything that comes nearby me. I read industry publications. I'm not a huge television watcher. I'll watch a few different channels because you have to do that. Because it used to be when 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 I was growing up, the news was reported, you know, kind of like balanced, right? And all you got was the news. But now you get the news plus the commentators. So you kind of have to move around a little bit so that you can get various opinions on it. If I find that that's distracting me at all, then I'll just go to those publications online so that I can get a pure, fast hit on it. You know, Bloomberg Wealth, I'll pay attention to those types of things. I do pay attention to global issues and I do read um, any kind of uh, real estate publications that are out there, but I'm basically scanning them and then um, I will park them if I think they're interesting enough to go after. Um, otherwise, I just scan them, grab what I need from them, and, and move on. Hmm. So no bachelor, Nancy? 
No, sorry. <laughs> Dang, I cannot stand that kind of stuff. Or, or the people that sit on an island naked or whatever. Come on, what's wrong with you people? Right, get you know? a job. That's what I say. I'm like, yeah. who's paying your bills? You know why? And I think when you think about it in the real estate business, we could all write a book or, or, or create a movie every single day. Why do we have to watch that on television? Come on, we see it every day. We're in That's the right. middle of people's lives as they're making the biggest decision of their life. There's more drama in this business than you could ever find on TV. I agree. You know, true story. I was working on the interview questions today, and that was when I removed them. I'm going to have to put it back on there now. Nancy Corey, if we were to write, or if you were to write a book, what would it be titled? <laughs> and what would it be about? <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, I, I think it would be about the privilege of being involved in other people's lives and making a difference, right? When I, I was asked one time, actually, I was asking the sales staff, I was in Miami Beach, and I was meeting with the entire team. And I said to them, tell me what, like, really get you going. Like, to talk to me about what motivates you and, and, and what you love to do. And after we went through the whole session, they turned around, they threw the question back at me. And they said, well, what gets you going? Or what do you like doing? And I said, you know what? I like to grow things. I didn't realize it. But when I look back on my life, I had babies and children. And, and being a part of their lives was a privilege, growing with them, growing them, growing with them. And then I like gardens and plants and flowers and trees. I like to grow things. I like to grow people. So what turns me on is to watch somebody who was over here and then they went over there and got what they wanted. And when you think about what you all do every day and what our management team does, they're enabling people to go out and make a living that feeds their family and helps their family grow, helps their children grow up, helps their, their, their parents, helps their grandparents. We just impact everything because all we're doing is trying to grow a person, right? And help a person be something that they were not before. That's the privilege. That's the cool thing. That's the thing that grabs me every single day. And when I see that happen and I see the impact of it, and it isn't me, it's just me kind of opening the curtain sometimes and letting somebody go through that window, go to light by themselves and see what they're capable of doing. That's the cool stuff for me. That's what's that's, what that's the title of your book right there, The Privilege, period. The Privilege. <laughs> there you go. You can write it for me, Cassie. I'll dictate it. <laughs> Sounds good. If it gets me famous, I'm on a mission. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> That's what, though. You know, Cassie, what you see is what you get, right? So if you're going to be famous, it's because you decided you were going to be famous. So Cassie's going to be famous. Here we go. It's been said. Right. I said there that when go. I was four years old. What do you want to be when you grow up? A movie star. So I'm still working there on you it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Well, don't forget the Supremes, Kathy. Uh, <laughs> Take us with you. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, I love how, how you shared with Laura, how you educate yourself and how you're always staying mm -hmm. at the cusp of what's going on in our industry and even around the world. And so mm -hmm. a follow-up question to that is, what do you see is the biggest challenge the industry is facing today? We hear a lot of our agents oh, it's, it's tough out there, or, you know, inventory is low. What's the challenge, in your opinion? It's a real challenge is probably how they choose to use their time, because the business is the same as it's always been. Sometimes listings are a little bit more difficult to get. Maybe they're a bit more scarce. 
Uh, sometimes the market is strong and you can ride the market. Anybody can. I do think that sometimes we make the business harder than it is. I think you need to simplify it. Like for me, it would be like, okay, could I make a living if I took my five closest people and I said to the five closest people to me, could you do me a favor? I just need two sales from you this year in the next 365 days. Well, that's eight to 10 deals from five people, right? And sometimes I see the agents go global all the time. They're like, oh, it's a 10,000 piece mailing. And they think somehow or other that that's going to make a difference. But it isn't. If they could just simplify their world, right? I've got five people that will give me two pieces of business. I have 10 people that might give me one. I have 20 that can. And just work out from that center and then spend the Mark Middleton two to three hours a day prospecting, you're never going to have to worry about business. It reminds me of the same thing. Like if you got on a treadmill every single day and you got on there for an hour every single day, you wouldn't see the results for quite a while. In fact, you might gain weight, right? Because you get muscle mask and all the other stuff they tell you. I, I think it's a myth personally. I think it's just <laughs> this cool joke in the universe, right? That's it. I just have a lot of muscle mass. If I did it, right? And I did it every single day. Eventually, I would get the health benefits from it without question. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. I would get the health mm -hmm. benefits. Our business is the same. So if the agents get on that that one little bandwagon and they make sure that they stay focused on that, then they'll get the results. They just aren't going to see them, and that's the frustrating part in our business is you don't see them. So anybody can be successful in any market that we have or anything, it starts out with the basics, which is just to make those contacts, but do it your way. I mean, it could be through Instagram. That's perfectly okay. It could be through Twitter. It could be through e-blast, probably take a little bit longer, you <laughs> yeah. know, phone, video, video text, anything like that. Just pick one and, and stay on it. I think the big issue is most of the time, uh, real estate professionals don't tend, they don't like to be locked in. That's kind of why they became an independent contractor. So if you're the kind of person that has to run from one thing to another to another, then break it up like Mark does. Mm -hmm. Spend an hour now, spend 30 minutes. Sometimes I think you can snatch a moment in the day. Like I think anytime a sales associate thinks of a client's name, they should call them. Mm -hmm. Call them, text do something because there's a reason why that person jumped into your brain uh -huh. or jumped into your universe. And just that simple act of pulling off five to 10 of those a day without a solid one hour of just prospecting, that'll take care of your mm -hmm. business. Just like that. The power of now, right? Doing it now, not waiting. Do it right now. Exactly. Just dial that phone and engage. Hi, Cassie. Hi, Pam. Hi, Laura. You know, how you doing? I was thinking. Okay, of Nancy, I'm going to get on the Peloton ah, there tomorrow, you go. okay? <laughs> I'm walking in the morning, Nancy. Stop already. I'm thinking I need, to, I need to start taking a walk. Yeah, you have to say, I am a person that gets on the Peloton every day. I am a person that gets on the Peloton every day. And they say, how are you doing, Kathy? I'm great. I'm a person that gets on the Peloton every day. <laughs> only if it's not raining. <laughs> <laughs> can't do the apps. Can't do the only. Can't. Not on Peloton, you yeah. can't. Okay, so Nancy, here you are uh, lots of people's mentor. You have you are an industry leader, and there are lots and lots of people that I know. Mark's one of them. He even talked about you in, in his podcast. That you know, people look up to you. So, quick question: Who do you look up to? 
Did you have a mentor or do you have somebody that you say, oh, gosh, that's that's what I want to be when I grow up? I mean, you're pretty outstanding. I'm not going to lie. But is there a mentor or somebody that helped you get there? Well, thank you. You're making me blush. I would have to say many. The very first one I have, and I really credit him with a lot, is is Bob Stanley, who some of you probably know. He was so patient with me early in my career because I was that bright-eyed, bushy-tailed person. And I'm so careful when somebody comes up to me to stop and give my full attention because he did that for me when when I was young. And every silly question that I had, and, and even when I came in and I knew he was tired, he would listen to me. I was very fortunate to have both of my parents because my parents were very direct and they didn't sugarcoat things. And I, I can remember one of the first times I, I played the French horn and, and I learned it when I was, I guess I was already 16, 17 years old. It's a very difficult instrument. And um, I was put in a concert, I think like maybe two months after starting the instrument and my parents came, which was a big deal because there's eight of us and they never got to these things. And at the end of it, the band director said, Nancy, stand up and take a bow because you've only been playing the horn for eight weeks. So I stood up and did a typical teenager thing where I was looking at the ground, looking around. I was so embarrassed. Oh my God, you're going to stand up in front of everybody. But I couldn't wait to talk to my parents because I knew they were going to be so proud of me, right? Because I had done this. And both my mother and father said, if anybody asks you to stand up and be recognized, you stand straight up, you put your shoulders back, you look ahead, you smile, and you say thank you. And it was the best lesson I ever learned. Those are the types of mentor things that you just can't replace because for the rest of my life, I realized it doesn't matter whether I'm feeling uncomfortable, shy, they complimented me. That's not what I, I work for. I still have to have that stance look somebody back in the eye and say thank you and so yeah i'm really i'm very grateful i find them everywhere i find them everywhere i find them with sales associates that i think are exceptional in the ways that they do things our sales associates are so incredible i watch them and see the way they do things and learn from them obviously we have duff rubin he has a very specific style and way of doing things i learn from him clark tool learn from him you got to pick up, you know, bits and, and pieces. And then I think it's really important. And I appreciate the question because we all need to give back. You have so much to give. I've learned from all of you, Cassie, I've learned from you, Laura, I don't know you as well. So you've got a great reputation because I hear about you a lot, Laura. <laughs> and then Pam, once a week, Pam's got my ear and I learn from her every day, what she's passionate about, how she figures things out. So they're everywhere. They're everywhere. You just have to see them and then you have to be open to just learning from them. And I think we're fortunate because they're everywhere. Right. I think Nancy is really a great example of serving our agents and really being there. She really does put your best interests at heart. And I really do think that her support and her direction and her guidance and her mentorship is really what has made not only her personal life a success, but her region a success. So great job. Okay, so now I'm standing up, putting my shoulders back, looking straight forward and saying, thank you. Yes, you are. (laughs) See, we saw that. Well, I got to tell you that that story that you just shared about your parents telling you to stand up straight and take that compliment, that is something that so many people need to hear because especially in our world where it's give, 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 put out the fires. And not, I'm not talking about Resi world. I'm talking about the agents that are listening to this, this podcast. You know, they literally get up every day to serve other people. And sometimes it's a thankless job, but when you do get the thank yous, you know what? Embrace them. (laughs) 
not only that, but think about it, Cassie, like if you're in, in sales, my dad always says that the Bible started with ask and you shall receive. It didn't start with sit around and wait till somebody hands it to you, right? So in our business, we have to ask. So if a seller said to you, Cassie, you know, I just want to thank you. You did such a great job. The proper response is, thank you so much, Cassie. I really appreciate it. Could you do me a favor? Can you think of someone else who could use my services? That's the right response. So that's how we continue to build and grow. And you have to have the confidence to be able to say that because if you don't ask for the business, you're not going to get it. So often we think, well, if we do well and everybody sees that we're going to do well, they're going to come right. to us. Well, it doesn't really work that way. It should, but it doesn't. It usually happens because someone specifically asked you to be able to provide that service you know, for you. We're very fortunate in this business to get a lot of repeat and referral business. So I'm not going to say that you wouldn't get referred, but your business will grow <laughs> exponentially if you, if you remember to ask. You have to ask. So I have to jump in here and say, if you're enjoying this podcast, send us a review. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Good one. Good one. We have time for our last question. I can't believe we're running out of time already. Our last question. I come from a real estate family as well. My mom and dad are both in real estate. My mom manages for Nancy. She manages two offices over in Nancy's region. And my dad is a freck instructor. So our dinner time conversations are super exciting. <laughs> but I love that you also come from a real estate family. And so I, I know I've learned so much from my mom. And I'm sure you have also learned so much from your dad. I think we all have. And so our last question for you is what is the biggest lesson or thing that you learned from your dad that you still apply to your business today? Uh, you know what? There are so many. Um, I, I think when you have parents like I have, you wake up every day and there's a thought from one or both of them. Most people know my father because my father was the one that was out there. But I remember it as eulogy. One of the things I said is that that everybody in this industry stands on the shoulders of the legend called Joe Clock. But my father stood on my mother's shoulders. Oh, I'm going to cry. He didn't get where he was without having her. You're absolutely right. But for, for me, even the need as a, as a child of, of a legend like that, your need as the daughter of a spectacular set of parents. I mean, your mom is, she's a game changer. Your mom is just incredible. She always operates at the top of her industry. Your dad is there and the support that they have for each other. I mean, that's a great role model and just a fabulous relationship. That was something I grew up with as well. And those are the real privileges that you have of when you're growing up. So if you appreciate that, understand that, and really take it into your soul and really look around at, at what it is. For me, just getting to be their daughter, just like you get to be the daughter of your parents, that's the privilege. And, and I would say every single day, there's these little tidbits that come into my head. Uh, the one I was thinking of this morning as I was looking at the pandemic and you know the things that are going on in the world. And you always have to remember that this too shall pass. It's not here to stay. And that was one thing my dad used to always say, this too shall pass. It's not this too shall stay. So we have to learn from these things. We have to move on. We have to adapt. We have to figure them out as a, as a humanity, as a, as a people, as an organization. And in our industry, we have to understand that our industry is always going to change. 
And we have to continue to adapt, but there's always a way to serve people. There's always a way to, to be valuable to them and to engage in the privilege of being in their lives. We're so fortunate that we can have a business like this, that we can actually make a really good living and really make a difference. Our sales associates are extraordinary, Cassie. I, I wake up every morning thinking about what they do and, and who they serve and the effort they put out. And they make me smile all the time. I love social media just because I get the, the opportunity to see what they do and enjoy what they do. We're really fortunate. You guys see it too. You know, you see some of them jump starting their business and what you do for them. And then you get to see the ones that come back in because they know they don't know enough, right? And they got to come back and they got to learn more and they need that little kick in the butt, right? To go back and get back to those basics and do the things they know they need to do. So I'm so grateful to you ladies. You're amazing. You are. Nancy. Hi, and Cassie, I see you tearing <laughs> up and I have to say, Nancy, I think we're all fortunate to have you as a leader here at Cobble Banker. So oh, thank, thank you, you for all you do. My pleasure. You know, you know, you have good podcast guests when you're only three episodes in and you've cried <laughs> two out of the three times. Well, you ladies are wonderful. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Awesome. Nancy, thank you so, so much for taking the time to share with us and with our listeners. And I can't uh, wait to have you back. Oh my gosh. Such words of wisdom. My pleasure. Anytime, as you know. Thank you, ladies. Have a great afternoon. Awesome. Take care, Nancy. Okay. Thank you, Nancy. Bye-bye. Bye. That was great. Oh my God. Like I know. So I saw you like tearing up. I was the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the therapy session. I didn't even know I needed. So I think I'm going to go <laughs> fix my makeup and get my life together now. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We will see you next week. Next week, we get to chat with Danny and Hillary Hertzberg, members of the number one real estate team in the nation. You don't want to miss it. Don't forget to listen, subscribe, and review wherever podcasts are found. And share this episode with a friend. Join us next week for another unfiltered conversation about real estate. This is Pam, Cassie, and Laura on Resi Talk, reminding you to leave your mark.